Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. As well as being a lawyer, I'm also a historian. I've taught history. I've got a degree in history, and I've written about 15 books. And in fact, right now, I'm currently researching my next book. So I have another book that'll be coming out later on this year, early next year, something like that. Books take a while. But as I'm working on research, I find myself digging through old archives, old files, old newspaper clippings, and so on. And yesterday, Don sent me a note and said, Steve, see attached. (laughs) You'll enjoy it. And what he sent me, and I'll put clips of it up on the screen so you can see, but what he sent me is a newspaper called the Omaha Bee. And the article is from a page that was published on August 2nd, 1921. August 2nd, 1921. This is over a 100-year-old story. But it's fascinating because, as Don pointed out, some things never change. (laughs) Now, this story actually is a little different because I spend a lot of time here talking about civil asset forfeiture, where you encounter the police and and you've got money or valuables on you, and they say, oh, we think this is uh, evidence or fruit of a crime. We're going to take it from you. If you want it back, you've got to sue us. But I've also spoken about how I've got no problem with criminal asset forfeiture, that if somebody's committing crimes and you can actually prove that the money that they have came from those crimes, they should sometimes be required to forfeit that. And I say sometimes only because the question is, can you really connect this to that? Sometimes you can't, whatever. But my point simply is that criminal asset forfeiture arises if you've actually committed a crime. And they say, okay, this thing relates to that crime. So the story he sent me, And by the way, this is fascinating, utterly fascinating. And we're going to have to do some deduction here to straighten this all out because the story is not that long. And by the way, I've got my magnifying glass up because when I printed it, I could not blow it up. I probably could have, but I wasn't going to try to reinvent the wheel at that moment in time. Headline, William tries to replevin fliver, but has no luck. (laughs) Now, replevening your fliver might sound like it's something you shouldn't be doing in mixed company or maybe not outside the house. But just so you know, replevin is a legal action that is something you do to get possession of something you claim is yours. And it's a preliminary step, meaning I can sue you and ask the judge to order you to give something back to me. But if it's so clear cut that it's mine, you shouldn't even have it during the trial or until the trial, you can file an action for replevin. Now, replevin is one of these old school terms. Many states don't even use that term anymore, but the concept is still there. So if somebody has something, you say, that's mine. I want it back. A judge could look at it and say, well, you know something? Looks to me like it's probably the case they're going to win the case. Give it back to them. Now, sometimes if there's a legitimate dispute, the judge might go, I don't know. Or the judge might say, well, I'll let you give it back, get a post a bond in case it doesn't work out your way. But again, William tries to replevin his fliver, but has no luck. So what happened with William and his fliver? Oh, by the way, fliver? <laughs> I tell you what replevin is, but I don't mention fliver. A fliver is a nickname for a cheaper, inexpensive, or junky car back in the old days, 1920-ish. Now, some people think a fliver specifically is a Ford model, but it's not necessarily. They never had a car called a fliver. They had an airplane called a fliver that came later. But we're talking right now about 1921. 1921. 
I don't know why I have to keep writing this down, but I'm going to write it down for myself to remember. But 1921, because that's extremely important here. So the uh, William tries to replevin his sliver, but has no luck. Headline is directly above a story that says, William Watson wants his sliver. Police took it from him last week when William was arrested for transporting liquor. So police arrested him for transporting liquor, presumably in his fliver. So when they arrested him, they seized the alcohol and they seized the fliver. So that's a sentence I've only said once today, but it might be said later. Watson appealed to Justice of the Peace yesterday and even signed a writ of replevin against the chief of police for the car. When the constable served the writ... The uh, police chief apparently said, tell him Uncle Sam has the car, quoth the chief to the constable. Watson is wondering now what the government is going to do. That's the entire story. <laughs> that's, that's what passes for news back in the day. And uh, there's all kinds of other great stuff happening. Uh, back in 1921, but this man lost his fliver. His fliver was seized by the police for being used during a crime of transporting liquor. Now, I know some of you are going to say, Steve, transporting liquor is illegal. Well, it was in 1921, as many of you will know, because prohibition got passed, sometimes called the Volstead Act. The 18th Amendment was ratified in 1919. So in 1919, it became the law of the land, no alcohol. Now, that was repealed by the 21st Amendment in 1933. And by the way, I like to point out to people that <clears throat> between the 18th and 21st, they had time to pass two other amendments. <laughs> so amendments to the Constitution were more common back in the old days also. However, in 1921, the transportation of liquor was illegal. So when this man was transporting liquor in his fliver, uh, number one, they could arrest him for that. They could obviously seize the liquor, and they decided to seize the car. So I was curious about this. I looked up the concept of a replevin action in Michigan, and I got sent to a statute that is not called replevin, and as far as I can tell, doesn't even use the word replevin anywhere. But it was passed in 1961, so I suspect that this supplanted or replaced uh, the actual Fliver, <laughs> the actual replevin cause of action. But it says, unlawful taking or detention of goods or chattels, etc. A civil action, a lawsuit, may be brought to recover possession of any goods or chattels which have been unlawfully taken or unlawfully detained and to recover damages sustained by the unlawful taking or unlawful detention subject to the following conditions. And then it gives four times you cannot use this. So you cannot do this to recover possession of or damages for goods or chattels taken by virtue of a warrant for the collection of tax, assessment, or fine in pursuance of a statute of the state. So if the state were to say you owe back taxes and they take action against you, you can't then countersue them to get your money back. Makes sense. Also, you cannot maintain an action under this action to recover possession of or damages for goods or chattels seized by virtue of an execution or attachment at the suit of the defendant in the execution or attachment unless, so again, pretty much the same thing. 
An action may not be maintained by a person who at the time the action is commenced does not have a right to possession of the goods taken or detained. So it's not your stuff. You can't do it. Also, it may not be issued unless the court, after a notice and a hearing, and under procedures provided by rules of the Supreme Court, determines that the claim for recovery is probably valid unless the party claiming the right to recover files a sufficient bond. Basically, this reminds me of a few other kinds of statutes. And there are statutes that talk about what happens if you've got something in your possession that you know is not yours, but you don't know who to give it to? The old Solomon and the baby thing, right? So two people come to you and go, that's mine. So you, you have something somehow that you came into possession of. I don't know, you found this on your property. You mentioned it to somebody, hey, I found this wacky thing on my property. Two different people come to you and say, it's mine. It's not theirs, it's mine. It's not theirs, it's mine. And you can file that as an action with the court, and it's called an interpleader. And an interpleader action is where you say to the court, I've got something in my possession, and I'm worried if I give it to them, I'll get sued by them. If I give it to them, I'll get sued by them. Rather, I'd rather let the court take this over and let them sue each other in essence. And that's an interpleader. Claim and delivery is another one uh, where somebody has something in their possession and that you think it's yours and you can file an action to order them to give it back to you. And a court can order them to give it back to you. And you might say, Steve, that sounds a lot like Replevin. Yes, it is. Um, It's just at what point does the thing get given back to you? Does it give back? Is it given back to you at the beginning of the case or after the court has ruled? And so it's before, that's a replevin, after, claim and delivery. These are distinctions that don't matter. If you ever walk into an attorney's office and say, hey, I had something and someone else has got it now and I want it back and they have it wrongfully, uh, the attorney's not going to go, gee, do you think that's a replevin, claim and delivery, or an interpleader? What do you, th- what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> no, it doesn't matter. The attorneys will figure it out. But meanwhile, back to the headline from 1921. William tries to replevin Fliver, but has no luck. So he had no luck replevening his Fliver. <laughs> but like I said, that was all happening because he's transporting alcohol during Prohibition. Prohibition came as the law of the land in 1919 and was repealed in 1933, after which there was much rejoicing and probably drinking. So... <laughs> Hope you don't mind me doing an old story, but I found it hilarious and fascinating. Don, thanks for sending it. That story is uh, not signed by anybody, but it's an Omaha B1921. Questions or comments, put them below. I'll just talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Sometimes the most scenic roads in life are the detours you didn't mean to take.